0: is now an official AT&T retailer. Take advantage of exclusive limited-time in-store offers. Get a $100 AT&T Visa Reward Card when you purchase an AT&T TV package. Switch to AT&T and get a $250 Visa Reward Card when you buy a smartphone
1: on a qualifying installment plan. Save up to $1000 instantly when you purchase four smartphones on a qualifying plan. Restrictions and exclusions apply. Offer subject to change and valid in-store only. Call 877-252-3220 or go to your nearest
0: Howards location for details.
1: Ow, Out 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 ow, 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 How they ow, ow,
0: How to use happiness and humor to heal? Well, We're going to find out tonight when you meet my guest, Katherine Power. Hi, I'm Connie Bramer. Welcome to Laughter and Inspiration. Most of you know me as the founder of Get Your Rack Back, as my nonprofit that helps cancer patients in the 518 area of upstate New York. We provide cancer patients with gas and grocery gift cards, and medical copayment assistance because we're trying to bridge the gap for patients who have to choose, and some of them are having to do this, choose between paying for treatment and paying to put food on the table for their families. We haven't had a lot going on with the pandemic. We do have a trivia night coming up on October 7th and we have our Get Your Rack That Garden. And I know you just saw my interview last month with uh, Paula and Michelle from Seeds of Endless Hope. And just today I delivered 30 pounds of tomatoes to a bunch of cancer patients so i'm pretty excited about that so before you meet katherine i want to tell you a little bit about her and i always write stuff down so i don't mess up katherine so Catherine is the founder of wholehearted courage and that is whole with h-o-l-e and we'll get to that um, she's a public speaker writer and inspirer i love that about her Catherine is also a contributing author to the newly released crappy to happy which i'm also a part of so welcome to the show katherine
1: Hi, Connie. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here.
0: I'm excited to have you because, you know, I read a lot about you. We have a lot of things to get to, so I'm going to dive right in. So you were born with a hole in your heart, which is why the H-O-L-E. You're born with a hole in your heart, and you didn't discover it till like 55, right? That's correct. That's crazy. It's crazy. So I wanted to get to that, but I wanted to ask you one question. You're very open about your health challenges and writing and speaking about them. And I want, you're going to tell the story about the hole in your heart, but one of your speaking topics is wholehearted courage. And I want to write it down, finding hope, happiness, and humor and healing. Can you talk about that and talk about your hole in your heart?
1: Absolutely. Well, first of all, I was brought up and raised in a family that was just full of love and laughter and happiness all the time. And having health challenges at a very early age, um, unbeknownst that I had the hole in my heart, you know, I just, I just always wanted to find the lighter side of life in whatever I was going through. So as I was always going through these health challenges, I always found the humor along the way, and it was just part of my nature. It's like I didn't deliberately, deliberately set out to say, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be happy through this journey. It just, things happen, and I just always have seen the lighter side of life. My mom was kind of like the Lucille Ball of the time, or the I think they used to call her the Carol Channing back in those days, <laughs> just you know just funny, and so somehow I inherited that from her so as I went through uh, decades and decades of health challenges from you know scoliosis and asthma to shortness of breath to edema to heart failure to all these things, you know I had a cardiologist for thirty five years um, but he never detected the hole in my heart. And
0: that's so, cra- And that's crazy that that it, went on so long. I mean, there, I had a cousin that was born with a hole in his heart and they fixed it when he was little. And I'm just thinking to myself, when I was reading your story. I thought, wow, like how long this had gone on. You must've been feeling so ill all the time.
1: I, really. I always felt awful, but to be honest with you, it's like, you don't know what you don't know.
0: That's true too. So Absolutely.
1: why are kids running and having a great time? And I'm like, barely able to like walk to the corner and, you know, ride on the merry, you know, the old fashioned merry-go-rounds that you push. Right. With your foot. It's like, I was always so out of breath and you just, you don't know what you don't know. I just figured that was just normal. That's just who I was. And that's how I felt. So, you know, having all these doctors and cardiologists for all these years, not really being able to identify why I was so out of breath, you know, like you, I was just diagnosed with asthma. And then I was diagnosed with whatever the, you know, uh, diagnosis du jour was. Mm -hmm. And I just, I just uh, accepted that all throughout these years until I turned 55. And I thought, I feel like I'm dying. I mean, I'm just really, this just isn't right. And this was after raising my son, who, you know, all those years as a single parent, and having a boy that wants to do everything physical, and it was really hard for me. So it wasn't until I started working with a life coach that, you know, what gets in the way of me pursuing my dreams and passions was I just don't have the energy and stamina. And that's what led me to finding a new doctor. And that new doctor found a giant hole in my heart.
0: Yeah, and, 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 it's, and it was large, like what was the size of well, it?
1: Well, it's actually, I don't want to say it's the largest one ever found, but I'm in, the, I'm in a lot of groups and a lot of organizations uh, regarding congenital heart defects, and specifically to the one that I have, and there is not one so far that's larger than mine. Well, so you, really,
0: my, you really are like a walking miracle. Yeah. Ser- seriously. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it.
1: So, you know, your heart is only about the size of your fist, actually, and my, the hole in my heart was six centimeters by three centimeters. So the only thing I could notice at that time was like, okay, well, when we deliver a baby, we dilate to 10 centimeters, right? So I'm thinking, right. wow, that's like almost big enough to deliver a baby through. You know, that's all I was thinking of. So it basically, until the surgeon got in to see the hole in the heart, it really couldn't be measured until they got in to actually physically see it and basically there was no septal wall between the two chambers so you know with all these images all these years somehow that wasn't seen in an image or wasn't interpreted correctly is what i will say well I you know that,
0: the, you know the one thing i will say that as a lesson to people your story you know my mother's story of cancer you know my own is you have to kind of stand up for yourself with your health Yes. And, you, and you did that, you know, I was talking to the, the life coach and realizing, you know, that's getting in the way. Like I got to do something about it. And sometimes, you know, my mom used to say this to me, you are your own best advocate. Absolutely. You know, so let that be a lesson to people. But in, when, you, when you do your speaking engagements, you talk about using happiness and, and humor. Like I'm big on that too. I talk about that all the time. Because humor, like laughter is absolutely the best medicine. Yeah. So how do you talk about that when you go speak to people about it?
1: Well, you know, one of the things I noticed right away when I started entering this world of, you know, sharing my health stories is a lot of people, they're just like on the pity pot and, and, you know, oh, woe is me. And, and, you know, oh, I can't do this. And I can't, you know, just a lot of negative negativity around it. And it mm-hmm. just really rubbed me the wrong way. It's like, how do you expect your body to thrive and survive when you've got this like shadow, you know, overcoming your body of negativity and doom and gloom. And I just I think fully that agree with the that. power of healing and the power of humor that, you know, raises your adrenaline, causes you to mm-hmm. smile. I mean, I even started a laughter yoga club just to like laugh cool. because it really, it, it, it gets all of your senses invigorated, it gets your blood flowing. Mm-hmm. I was having no oxygen and blood not flowing properly, but laughing—you know—just built a lot of that up. And I just, I just find I enjoy life when you know, not necessarily humor as in comedy, but when you can just see the lighter side of life.
0: Absolutely. Like,
1: yeah. Well, and that's I was. Like- I would
0: share. Well, that's great. And I, and I say, you and I have so many parallels. We were talking about that before we got on the air. So I was listening to the radio. I went out, I was just on a little mini vacation. I went out and listened to the radio on my way out. And this guy got on and he was talking about how smiling tricks your brain into thinking you're happy because it's like the act of the muscle moving to go, you know, to smile that makes you think you're happy. And I'm like, that's pretty good. I like that. You know, it's, it's all about, it's all about mind over matter. A lot of times, you know, like you talk about people who have like a black cloud over their head. When I was having cancer treatment, I was, you know, I a newly single mom, my kids were seven and eight. I'm completely bald. I, you know, weighed like 20 pounds less than I weigh now. And I was just, you know, blah, you know, so I'm sitting there getting chemo and this woman comes up to me and um, she, I don't know. She asked me if I had had a mastectomy. And i had bilateral and so she was asking me about it and i said well how are you doing oh i can't get out of bed most days and i don't want to you know i can't take care of my grandson and and like she was so negative and one of the nurses yes. was looking at me and i wanted to kill this lady <laughs> I, yeah. I actually wrote i actually wrote about it in my book because i think to myself people who have that mindset that things are always so difficult and you can't overcome things and you're always like at the, you know, the glass half empty, right. half full people. You know, there's something to be said about how, you know, your health or things happen to you because of that kind of mindset. Do
1: yeah. you agree with that? I, I do. But, and I, I also attribute some of this to, you know, being a patient at such a young age for so many years that by the time the big grand finale came of this giant hole in your heart. And you have to have open heart surgery and you might not survive it and blah, 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 blah. I was an experienced patient. So I understand the fear of people who aren't used to being a patient, Mm -hmm. but when you're a perpetual patient, like I am, it's just going in for another, another experience. And you just gotta, you just gotta make the best of it. You know, the
0: the hospital gown was your like clothing staple.
1: Yeah. But, but (laughs) it was like, you know, I, I think there's, I think it's just an innate gift that people have when they can look at things the way that they do and and have a light heart, no pun intended about it mm-hmm. um, I don't think it can be forced you either you either can develop that muscle or or not and you know I've been through some really scary and traumatic times where i've been down and out and depressed, and I'm not saying I never feel those kind of emotions but sharing my health stories, I find more funny than, than not.
0: <laughs> no, I, well, my tip, my, my book is all about all my funny, crazy stories. Yeah. And one yeah. thing, you know, I wanted to get to your chapter and crappy to happy. And one thing that you, um, we were, I was looking at when I was reading your, your, your story is called wholehearted courage, which is the name of your website. Yeah. And I kind of chuckled to myself because you and I have a lot of parallels. I had 13 breast cancer related surgeries yeah. And you had 13 heart surgeries. And I laughed. I was talking to someone a couple weeks ago about how, you know, when I came out of my anesthesia, they said, the nurse said, Can I get you anything? And I said, Yes a cosmopolitan, please. And, you know, cause you have to have a little bit of humor, yeah. you know? Yeah. So you, so you wrote in your chapter about your long road for with your health. And it really, I learned a lot it, you know, yeah. I love, I love all these stories in crappy to happy. It, it's been great to, to read everyone's story and everyone can get something out of each person's story mm-hmm. and take on things. So right. one thing that really resonated with me is this passage And you wrote, my focus is still on my health and happiness and inspiring others. I still can't breathe well, but not all sick people look crappy. Some of us are really happy. Some say I look great. And that makes me laugh to myself and think I'm defective, not dilapidated. Yes. (laughs) You know, and, and I love that because, you know, it is important to try to find the silver lining in all the moments that you have. You know, that's like along yeah. with the gratitude journal we're going to talk about in a little bit. Right. You know, it's important to find the lighter parts of life and try to be happy about the small things that that brings you to the next thing that makes you happy and the next thing that makes you happy. You know what I mean? Right. It's like a, you have to think about it in those terms. So it doesn't mean that you can't find happiness in the journey of having an illness. Right. So, so what, would you, what would be your recommendation or your advice, your best advice for, you know, people out there who are going through a health crisis and how to get through it?
1: You know, I think that social media has opened up a lot of doors for people to find um, things that are inspiring and hopeful rather than technical and scary. And, you know, I think of what you've been through, what I've been through. And just for clarification, I didn't have 13 heart surgeries. Oh, I just, 13. So I okay, had just 13 surgeries from a, okay. from a foot surgery to a breast reduction to you know, this and that. So um, a lot of the heart interventions, but um, mm-hmm. that was just for clarification. But, um, you know, just just um, find find somebody that you resonate with. And when you, when you meet people that have a story that's in common with you, like, no, I couldn't find any good stories when I found out I had a hole in my heart. I was on the internet all the time, not finding it. And so I thought, you know, there's somebody else out there has found out they have a hole in their heart. Mm-hmm. And once I made those connections, I still felt everybody was like, I'm gonna die. You know, this is doom and gloom. And it's like I just had to kick in there and turn people around and say, you know, be thankful you're here and make the right. best of it and share your story because people need to understand. I think women learn from sharing with each other. And I, I just I, I just really that. find the importance of sharing your story. And most people are too afraid to come out and share their story. And I just think there's so much to be told in your story to help others and inspire others.
0: I agree with that. And that's important. You know, I didn't seek out a support group right away when I was Mm -hmm. diagnosed. And I found out that the American Cancer Society had done this study that found out that most cancer patients don't go for, you know, support in a support group Mm -hmm. until they're like three years out. And when I went, I found that, my healing from it came by telling my story to people behind me that knew, okay, well, she went through it. You know, most, mm-hmm. people looking at, most people looking at us, Catherine, wouldn't know what we've been through. Exactly. You know, and that's the point is that you can get through stuff. You can get through difficult times, health issues, personal issues. You just have to keep yes. putting one foot in front of the other.
1: And you know, Connie, that's how I came up with the I'm defective, not dilapidated because when I found out I had the hole in my heart, I was still working in a corporate job. And I was so excited to be going in for open heart surgery. And people were like, like, God, why are you so happy? I'd be scared to death. And, and then after surgery, um, it was like, you look so good. And I'm like, well, of course, I look good. I'm not dilapidated. I'm just effective. You know, and that's, that's how that came (laughs) up. Like, I was thinking like, are you comparing, that. like, should I look like shit because I've just had open heart surgery?
0: Right. You right. Know?
1: it's like, I, I bet always- you, I bet you, I bet you your skin color completely oh. changed because you were
0: getting more oxygen, you know, oxygen yeah. in your blood and stuff. Yeah. Well, that's really what my sick.
1: surgeon said. I wanted to put on makeup in, in, you know, a third day into ICU and they're like, oh, your skin is just gorgeous. I said, well, hand me a mirror. And I looked at <laughs> it. And I'm like, Wow. But I did want lipstick. I always yes. had to have my lipstick on. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Well, I wanted
0: to switch gears uh, for a minute because there's okay. something that's very near and dear to your heart that I want to talk about, I think, it's a topic people would like to hear about. Yes. In 2009, you built an awareness project called the Trevor Endeavor mm-hmm. to raise awareness about shaken baby syndrome. I know you faced a personal yes. crisis with this. Would you you know, mind sharing with us about absolutely.
1: that? Absolutely, absolutely. So in 1999, my baby was four months old and I placed him in a licensed home daycare in California so that I could return to work. And about five weeks into that, he was taken uh, from that home by ambulance um, with a traumatic brain injury. And no idea what had happened. I, you know, you just like, how, like, how did this happen? as, I, can't, time, I, can't,
0: I can't even imagine because my little one, my my son had to go by ambulance because he had a febrile seizure Yeah, and that was scary for a week. We were in ICU. So I cannot even imagine yeah. like your mind when you got that phone call. I can't imagine. Well,
1: there was no phone call, Connie. I showed up to pick my son up from daycare and there was an ambulance there and he was unconscious and having seizures. And I oh went with gosh. him in the ambulance. He was on my belly to the ER. Now- you know, long story short, uh, he was diagnosed with shaken baby syndrome. And the shocking part of the story is I was the one accused,
0: even though the baby was in
1: a daycare facility. So me and my then husband, we were on trial uh, for five counts of child abuse and three petitions to permanently remove our parental rights. Um, And all in the end, um, I should add that the babysitter took the Fifth Amendment and was never questioned never accused, never charged, never nothing. She fled, left the area dust in the wind, you know? And um, so, you know, from that experience, it's like, I can't just sweep this under the carpet and be done with it. This has affected my life in such such a way that I need to share my story. So, you know, we authored a law that would change the way they investigate child abuse investigations. And in two thousand and nine, my son was nine years old, and he started asking like, "Why do I have a scar on my head? Why do I have a scar on my neck? Why do I have a scar on my stomach?" and you had to kind of start answering those questions for him and as he was growing up in those early years, you don 't know what kind of negative effects he's going to have from a traumatic brain injury mm-hmm. um, as it turns out that the injury to the eye was more apparent than the injury to the brain. Um, he did have brain surgery, so that hopefully you know, helped alleviate a lot of the uh, repercussions that he could have had, because two thirds of shaken babies usually die. Um, right. But he started wanting to talk about it. And it was awesome. And it was all his doing. And then as he got a little bit older, around 16, 17, he's like, mm, I don't want to be associated with this anymore, Mom. So we kind of put the Trevor endeavor to rest. But I had gained all this experience about sharing my story about helping other mothers you know, who have had children who have been injured in a daycare. But it's a very sensitive subject because you don't know who has shaken a baby. And while I might be wanting to comfort another mom who has a shaken baby, the mom could have been the one that shook the baby. And so right. you just never know. It, and it was such a weird space to be in. But the the overlying message is the dangers of shaking a baby. Just don't ever shake a baby. That's, that's the bottom line. And it It got down to just being about education. This is what happens when you shake a baby.
0: Well, thank God Trevor is okay. I mean, that's amazing.
1: He is. In fact, I always say that he got somehow more brain power through this all. He is 21 now. He's in the Navy, and he's a medic. And he's uh, going through all the channels to be a medic in Special Forces. This kid is brilliant, dedicated, determined, and it could have been a whole different story
0: yeah that's so, a, you know that's a beautiful story and and it is true that you know I can't imagine like what you guys were going through when people were accusing you of oh I just, it, yeah I can't even imagine that unbelievable like mental unrest and anguish yes it, so, was, it
1: was surprising to surprising for me to look back on that and wonder how I even survived it that's what I'm thinking, you know? you know, but here we are
0: and yes. look at you, beautiful yeah. Catherine.
1: But I go back even further to how did I even deliver this baby with a hole in my heart? I should, I mean, in all I know all odds, I should have not been able to do that.
0: Well, it's all a miracle. Everything that you've gone through. I mean, honestly, yeah. you're a, a walking testimony to a positive attitude. And, you know, my mother used to call it, keep on keeping on.
1: Yeah. That's and, what you've got. And that hope. I mean, you've got to have yeah. hope and faith. So Absolutely. thank you Connie. Well, you. you're welcome. You're just amazing. So okay.
0: I always throw a few questions out. I sent you a list of questions. So okay. one question I like to ask, especially after everything you've been through is if you could go back now, knowing what you know, mm. at this moment, what would mm. you tell your 18 year old self?
1: Well, <laughs> first of all, you know, I was born in the, in 1960. So when I was 18, there was no push to go to college. There was no, things weren't anything like they are today. And my main focus was, you know, just to get a job and enjoy life and, and go out on my own and just, you know, end up with the home, you know, the home, the husband, the picket fence, the baby. But I think looking back now, I probably should have pursued that career that I wanted when I was a little girl, which was to be a teacher or a nurse or something like that. I think hey, it's here... never too late to go back. Oh God. No, <laughs> no, no, thank you. <laughs> but, um, you know, I think getting your education and, and the other thing uh, that I see so many people in my age range, uh, dealing with is, you know, you got to start saving when you're 18. And I tell my, I taught my son, Definitely. you, when, as soon as you get in the Navy, you start, start that IRA and you start saving because where I'm at today, I am on disability I was able to retire at the age of 56 because I started saving when I was 21 years old. And I st- and I was paying into social security all that time. Had I had not prepared myself financially for an unknown catastrophe, like having to lose my job because I'm unable to work, it could have been a devastating picture. So that's my message to young people today, no matter yeah. what, save.
0: Well, you know what? That's been a huge message to young people because of COVID.
1: Yeah, you know, some people have lost their jobs,
0: and you know, they might not have planned and you know, yeah. gone are the days for a lot of people of a rainy day fund. you yeah. know, so we taught my kids and I had a conversation about that. It's very sage advice. Yes. What What makes you feel inspired, or or uh, what makes you feel inspired or like your best self?
1: When I can be creative. Um. You know, I worked a corporate job for forty 45- five. 45 years or so. And um, if I couldn't be creative, I wasn't happy. And Mm -hmm. it allows me that freedom of expression and just this energy that I have in me that wants to brainstorm and create and design. And I think in my later years, that's come up in my speaking and my sharing and my storytelling and finding creative ways to get my message out there. Mm -hmm. So when I'm surrounded by other people who are sharing that same kind of passion like you Connie and I can resonate with people who have that energy and I'm not talking physical stamina energy I'm talking our frequency that we work in um I'm at my best self when I can be helping others and being surrounded by women who especially women um who are goal oriented and have have uh, have the drive and the determination to um to empower each other and that's where I thrive right now and a little bit of music. And I just adopted a rescue dog. So, Oh, what kind of, what <laughs> kind of dog did you get? Um, it's a little like a multi poo, a little multi poo. All these little like hybrid dogs. Like I have a, sh- yeah. I
0: have a shorty. He's half shih tzu, half Yorkshire terrier.
1: Well, okay, Connie, see, I had two Yorkies. So, Oh, okay. And the dog that I just got, they advertised as a shih shoe, but I don't think she is. So yeah. Um, my two Yorkies passed, Uh, last year around the same time. And I waited for my son to go to call uh, to go into the Navy Mm -hmm. before getting another one. And uh, she takes me for a walk every day. And that has been the greatest gift for me. Um, You know, because I need to exercise. It's hard. It's hard, especially when we don't feel good.
0: Absolutely. And you know what? I really believe in the power of having animals, you know, as far as like making us feel good. So I have to tell you a quick story about my dog. So when we moved into our new house, um, you know, I'm a single mom. So my daughter and son were like, let's get it. We need to get a dog. We haven't had a dog in a long time. So we got a a yellow lab. So she's half yellow lab, half um, golden retriever. So she just is crazy. Her name is Callie. So when my daughter went to college, her was going to college before her freshman year, she goes, mom, we need to get another dog. So Callie's not going to be so, you know, upset when I'm going to college <laughs> sucker entered the mom being suckered. So I got the shorty and he's a little, he's a little love bug. So the two yeah. dogs are together all the time, but you know what? Like, my kids probably think I'm crazy. Like talk, when they're away at college, I'm like, what do you guys think of this? talking to the dogs. Like, I'm yeah. A but you know what? It does relax you, you know? And I get yeah. home like two, be- two I would say two people, two beings are happy to see me when I get, oh, <laughs> when I get my,
1: home. I got so lucky with this little rescue because she is just an abs- She's 10 pounds and she's just a cuddle bug. And I needed a dog my speed. Mm hmm. And, you know, and I'm like, I couldn't handle a hyper dog or one that needs to like go hiking and all this stuff. Yeah. I just have the sweetest little bug. Love. Well, love that's bugs. good. Yeah, yeah. We got a
0: little plug for doggies. Yeah. So I don't know if
1: you've been following my laughter and
0: inspiration page on Facebook oh, yes, with all the I funny have. sayings. Good. Yeah, Glad have. to hear that. So, you know, I kind of do more of the comedy cause that's just kind of how I am, but I know I need to influx a little bit of, um, you know, inspiration. But here's, I pick a quote for all of my guests. So here's okay. a quote I picked for you, okay. kind of apropos what we're talking about. Okay. Life is a shipwreck, but we must not forget to sing in the lifeboats. Oh,
1: I love it. That would be me. That would be, I'll be me. The, I'll be
0: the violin player on the Titanic. No, it goes no. on. Okay,
1: you know, you know how I just said I got to have a little bit of music in there. Yeah, I play the ukulele. Really? And I'm going to be sitting in my lifeboat with my <laughs> ukulele and just. Singing. That would be me. Yeah. That would totally be no, me. No, it's,
0: it's good to, you know, we all have to dance to our, our, own, our own little tune, yeah. sing to our own tune. I like that. So yeah. I don't know if you and I talked about this before, but I really believe in the importance of living a life of gratitude. And mm-hmm. every time I help a cancer patient, my foundation helps a cancer patient, I write a personal letter to every patient. And in the letter I say, you know, you can, you know, you could totally, you can do this you know, one foot in front of the other one, one step at a time, one, you know, one day at a time. And it's important to keep a gratitude journal. And then I tell them, you know, every night before you go to bed, write down three things that you, you know, were grateful for that day, because it helps put you in a positive mindset. So if you had to do that today, what would be your three things?
1: Well, I have to share with you that I do this every day. Um, I I am in a Christian writers group. In fact, I lead the group. And we do a lot of gratitude uh, and, and journaling. And, you know, every day I'm so thankful for my parents. Um, they are 85 and my dad turns 90 this year. Wow, that's great. And they're celebrating their 65th wedding anniversary. And how lucky am I to be turning 60 this year and still have both of my parents
0: who know, actually amazing.
1: run circles around me and have had to be my caretaker all these years. Mm-hmm. So I'm very grateful for that. Um, I'm also really super grateful that my son survived everything that he'd been through, and is just excelling and at the top of his game right now. I mean, I couldn't be more grateful for the gifts that God has has blessed upon him. And the third one is, I'm just, I'm grateful that that I'm here and that I'm doing things that I really love and enjoy. And grateful that i don 't have the pressure to have to go to a job, even though there 's millions of people right now who don 't have jobs and are struggling and suffering there 's a part of me that 's really grateful that i don 't have that stress in my life mm-hmm. and so those are the three things today that i 'm really grateful for and i 'd be my fourth one i 'd be really grateful if I had built in air conditioning right now and i don 't <laughs> and we 're having a heat wave, and California is on fire. So the air quality is horrible. The air is hot and muggy. I can't breathe very well, and yeah, I want I need an air conditioner. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you on that. Yes. Well, how can people
0: find you, like online?
1: Sure. Well, I just uh, actually just launched my website called Wholehearted Courage, and that's whole h o l e HeartedCourage. And it's a very small website, but it just shares my story and some of the things that I've done over the years with writing and speaking and podcast interviews. I also share a lot of my healing partners for people who might have heart conditions or want to find out how have I gotten so uh, strong and, and made it through all of these because I have a team of support, not just medical support, but life coaches, financial planners, um, you know, healing uh, modalities like acupuncturists and energy healers and nutritionists and just a whole plethora of resources there. And you can also contact me through that website. I also have a Facebook page, Wholehearted Courage. Um, I'm on LinkedIn. And that's about it. I think I'm not really the social media guru. But I love I just love that we're able to get out there today like we weren't able to years and years ago. Oh, for yeah. Us, for more opportunity to share our stories.
0: Absolutely. Thank you for telling yeah. me all of that. It has been such a pleasure to have, in the, have you on the show, Catherine. You're lovely. Oh,
1: thank you. I, I still love learning more about you. In fact, I, I have you marked into my podcast, and I'm listening to every one of your interviews with all these oh, different God. shows. Oh, well, like, thank you. I appreciate that. You are an inspiration to me, Connie, and I just, oh, I just really you. appreciate that. I appreciate that. That's and really I can't wait to say. read your, your chapter in the Crappy to Happy book either. Yeah,
0: I write about my mom.
1: It's a little story okay. about my
0: mom, you know, a little laughter crying uh, story. But, you know, yeah. my, mom was, my mom was very important to me. She was my best friend, and she passed away from breast cancer at 53. Yeah. It's been a long time. So, yeah, thank you for that. And, you yeah. know, if you'd, li- if you'd like to know more about Catherine, myself, or this particular episode, you can go to our interactive show notes on speakingtotheheart.org. So Catherine, I always close my show with one thing. My mother had a saying and she said to this, she said this to all to us all the time, always leave people better for having known you. Oh, I love that. And you have, you have so done that with telling your story. It's important that you do that and keep doing it because you're helping people.
1: What a beautiful gift from your mom. And I got goosebumps when you shared that. So. Thank you. Thank you, Connie.
0: Well, thank you for being on the show. It's been great. And I'm Connie Bramer. This has been Laughter and Inspiration. I'll catch you guys next time. Chewy, we believe special moments with our pets don't have to cost more money.
1: So you can save on your dog's favorite food. Tasty treats for your cat, even prescriptions, all delivered right to your door. Save 30% on your first auto ship order up to $20. Visit Chewy.com today. Keep the devices in your home protected from Wi-Fi threats with Xfinity XFi. If it's connected, it's protected. Now that's simple, easy, awesome. Switch to Xfinity today and get a great offer. You'll get fast speeds and the best in home Wi Fi experience with Xfinity XFi. And now you can get advanced security for free when you get the XFi Gateway. That's a $72 value per year. Go to Xfinity.com, call 1 800 Xfinity, or visit an Xfinity store to switch today. Restrictions apply.